What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Washington coming in here Wednesday. They better beware because Lonzo ain't losing again. Not in the same week. All right. Check it out. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where Tommy, I don't even know how to contain myself. I've got the vapors. I'm so lit right now. LeVar Ball was right. You know, Lonzo spoke it into existence. He spoke it into existence once again. Lonzo Ball does not lose twice in a week. So there we go. Balls to the wall. Lonzo Balls to the John Wall tonight. Um, man, so Tommy actually just, we, uh, Tommy is our live correspondent straight from the Lakers game. Tommy, you were at the game. Where were your seats? How was the experience knowing that on the other side of town, or just really nearby, actually, the Dodgers were playing the World Series? It must have been just a crazy environment in general. It was an insane environment for sure. My seats were really good. I was fortunate enough to get, uh, invited to the game by a couple of, by, uh, sorry, one of my coworkers. And uh, her husband has a connection to get seats that are about, like, six rows behind where Jeannie Buss sits. Um, so besides, like, just the insane view of the game, it's it's also just really r- a cool spot to sit at because Jeannie Buss spends about, like, 70%, I'd say, of the downtime. Like, during the game, she's focused on the game. But 70% of the downtime of the game, just, like, talking to the celebrities and, like, athletes and people who are there and... And just like networking and stuff. So it's, you see all kinds of people walking over there. We saw the whole ESPN crew, um, Paul Pierce, Chauncey Billups, Jalen Rose all came by. Uh, uh, Rich Paul was there, who, you know, LeBron, but also, um, uh, he represents KCP. So he was invited. Polinka and Magic both stopped by. David Beckham stopped by. Bill Walton stopped by. It was just insane. 
And the Ra- the Rams guys. The Rams guys. Uh, Jared Goff was there. Todd Gurley. Both of them came and stopped by. And a couple other guys who, I'm sorry, I don't know who their, their names. Some some other Rams players were there, too. But Goff and Gurley were the only ones I recognized. Uh, but, yeah, it was just an awesome situation. Oh, and also, where, like, the media sits, which is kind of to the left, I guess, of, of where we were sitting, if you're familiar with Staples Center, um, one of the media guys had the game, the Dodgers game on. So every time anything would happen, you would see everybody in that section. I don't know which section it is, but it's the one right behind the rim where they give you those flap, like slapper things to distract the free throw shooters. You would see everybody in that section just like go crazy when something would happen in the Dodger game. So we were all trying to follow it on our phones, but this reception was really bad and, and the uh, Wi-Fi was Normally, good in stables was really bad tonight, so it was hard to uh, hard to track it. But we were just kind of watching what those guys were doing, so it was insane. It was a crazy environment. Yeah, I think the atmosphere tonight was just super wacky. Pretty much during the time when the Lakers were really flat, that's when the Dodgers were in like the eleventh or twelfth inning or whatever. Exactly, and things were getting really heated. And then once once we found out that all oh, the you know the Dodgers lost, that's when the Lakers decided to turn up. And from there, it was like, oh my god, extra play. You know, we knew traffic was probably going to be terrible anyway, so the Lakers were like, let me do you guys a favor in Staples, sit your asses down. We're going to play some more basketball. And oh my gosh, dude. That's like one of the best wins I've ever seen a young It was group. insane, dude. And let me say, Ugh. like, I know we're going to get into more details, but just like an off-the-cuff reaction, like, they had so many opportunities to, like, even make this less of a close game. But on the sure. flip side, despite failing so many times to, like, hit open shots or make the right pass or whatever... They still like were so resilient and they were in there and they were battling and they never like let got let down look look like they were let down or look like they thought they were gonna lose and they never quit. Like how many we're so used to these years of just like the Lakers when they get down by a little bit with a little bit of time left against a veteran team, they just kinda like bend over. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. all right, we made it this far, like that's the best we can do and we'll consider this a moral victory. It tonight it was just like, no, they were battling and and I give them props, man. It's hard for even a veteran team to have that many chances to win in the fourth quarter in overtime or go ahead and to continually miss and then stay with it and ultimately come back from all of that and win the game. It was just, it was insane. Yeah. And the Wizards were coming into this game three and oh. Lakers are now two and two. Lakers won in overtime 102 to 99. The biggest thing for them was they pretty much closed the last 15 minutes of this game out with our young core, and you could say yep. Caldwell Pope was the most veteran guy, and this dude's 24? You know, yeah, so it's, 24, it's, it's 25, ridi- yeah. It's ridiculous, you know, the fact that their most veteran guys were Caldwell Pope and Julius Randle. Yeah. Flan- flanking them was Kuzma, Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, and Lonzo Ball, mind you, was not having a very good offensive game, especially no. shooting-wise. He got but just the fact, so many shots. Yeah, but just the fact that he was able to stay productive and useful, and, you know, he was the one pitching it out to guys for threes. Randall, yep. Kuzma, uh, just still running the system, and then on the defensive end, getting rebounds, staying active with his feisty hands, and... Amazing a- defense. Yeah, amazing defense. Such a feel-good overall win and I mean Luke said it in the post game interview you weren't able to hear this but he said it even the guys on the bench like Larry Nance Jr. had a phenomenal game 18 and 10 but he was cheering just as hard as if he was in the game for Julius Randle you know Clarkson I mean Clarkson 
only played 17 minutes and you know you look at his eight points and four assists but i thought he looked phenomenal in the first half you know and the, the fact that half, yeah and he didn't get real I mean, he started turning the ball over again when he got his second yeah, sin in the yeah, you yeah. know third quarter but outside of that i feel like this team and maybe i'm like overemphasizing it because i'm so lit right now it just feels like they're 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 playing for one another they and are they're setting dude. aside they're setting aside whatever you know even randall randall was the biggest guy tonight in terms of i think maturing even though you can say kuzma matured lonzo matured but just the circumstances with, with circumstances circumstances with which he had to play tonight's game was incredible because for the first three quarters all of us on twitter were like oh julius is in the doghouse for some reason there must be something going on behind the scenes that we don't know and then he came in and he acted like none of that existed and he balled the heck out on both ends especially on the defensive end actually and he pretty much made it so that luke walton could not you couldn't take him out. You couldn't take him out. And it was it was a bizarre game rotation-wise. Like, yeah. bizarre. But I also, at the end of the day, also have to give Luke props. Because he made the right Major adjustments. Props, yeah. and, and he stuck with the, with the same dudes. He stuck with Julius Randle. I can assure you, even though Julius Randle was rolling, Byron Scott would have put Larry Nance back in. Oh, absolutely. If this was a Byron Scott game. Because Larry Nance, 18 and 10, you know, two yeah. steals. He wouldn't put, put it back in. Um, but props to Luke for sticking with that lineup. And, you know, it was a small, fast lineup, but that was switching all over the place. But they got into a couple, yeah. yeah, And they got into a couple mismatches here and there with Gortad and then, you know, Bradley Beal, you know, blowing by Brandon Ingram on miss switches. But overall, majority wise, like, they used their heart, their grit, and they competed, and, and they were super active. And that's what ended up really turning the game, in my opinion, even when it was such a struggle offensively for them as well. So exactly. what were you going to say? I was just going to add on the Randall thing. Like, the people I was watching the game with were, a few of them were like, oh, I just, you know, Larry Nance played so well in the first half, 18 and 10, like you said. Like, I don't know if 18 is a career high for Larry Nance, because we didn't have the... Yeah. I don't know if they mentioned that during the game, but I, but yeah, so it was a huge game for Nance. He looked really good. He had a lot of tip-ins and, you know, he's always known as like a pretty solid defender and people were wondering, you know, why is he not in there? And my rationale was, which I don't know if this is true, right? I'm just assuming Julius Randle, if he is willing to compete defensively in terms of moving his feet, he is so strong still. Like this guy got so lean but he, as we talked about in the last episode, Julius Randle likes the physical punishment. And so yeah. if the Wizards are going to close the game with Gortat, as solid and fundamentally sound as Larry Nance is, he gets, like, beat up a lot. And he gets knocked out of the way and moved out of the way. And he's not really able to compete defensively the way Julius Randle is. Julius Randle uses his strength. And he really was, like, showing everything defensively. I thought fourth quarter and overtime... You know, other guys hit shots, but Julius Randle was our MVP, and he made some, mm-hmm. you know, typical 22-year-old kind of semi-boneheaded plays to close the game out offensively. But in the in the, in overtime, he obviously he hit the huge three, which the second it left his hand, everybody around us was like, "Nope," and it just <laughs> drained it. And it was like it looked good going like off his hand, to be honest. But it's Randall, you know what I mean? And he never hits three, so everybody was just like, oh, you know. But he, he drained it, and everybody went nuts. And beyond that, it was just like, he was hitting guys for, uh, sorry, I don't know if that was end of fourth quarter or end of, that was end of fourth quarter, actually, not end of overtime. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, 
And he, in overtime, there was, like I said, end of fourth quarter, he had some plays where he was overdriving. He was, you know, he got his up to the rim, but would clank it off the side of the rim. Like he had some, yeah. some like old school Julius Randle kind of semi boneheaded plays. But again, 22 years old. But how did he grow in just one game, dude? Overtime, he's driving and kicking and setting guys up and taking the pass from Wando and just making really crisp, like good decisions. And, mm-hmm. It's just like we're watching these guys kind of grow in like right in front of our eyes. And that was the thing that we've just been asking for from day one. And, and kind of the thing I think we all kind of projected was maybe this team would get off to a semi-slow start this year, at least slower than we did last year when we kind of just like rickrolled over everybody with our three-point yeah. shooting in the beginning um, and running. But like maybe we'll get off to a slower start, but hopefully we'll see more incremental growth and I think we saw it tonight. These guys competed for 48 minutes defensively. Like, Washington is a good team. They have a lot of veterans. They have a lot of guys that can go one-on-one and score. They have a lot of shooters. Um, you know, with Markeith Morris out especially, not that he's even a bad shooter, but with him out, they start, like, four very solid shooters. Um, and Gortat can hit the mid-range. So it, it's, like, a hard team to defend. They competed. They were blocking shots like crazy, defending in the paint very physically. And yeah, Randall losing all that weight is really has made things night and day defensively. Because last year when we would close with the small lineup, Luke's dream has all, and he talks about this in the interviews all the time. We want to switch everything. We want to, you know, yeah. positionless on offense and defense and, you know, everybody active and switching. And I think this was the first time we actually saw that, like, but it's a matter of getting a guy like Randall in there who's lost the weight and now can do that. Kyle Kuzma has got to be one of the most underrated defenders on our team. Like, everybody knows him for his offense so far and, and how efficient he's been offensively. But defensively, God, that guy competes and he moves laterally and he's, yep. you know, he fights for rebounds. And then obviously Ingram, KCP, and even Lonzo, man, that, another guy who does not get credit enough for his defense. This guy was projected to be a very below average defender as a rookie with just hopes that maybe he could get better. But hey, even when he gets beat, which I feel like when he's locked in does not happen that often. But even when he gets beat, his hands are so active. You know, he skies for rebounds. He's blocking shots. He's like swiping the ball when when uh, guards put it down low, like using his length. And, uh, yeah, it just he's- it was such a great effort. He's just a very crafty defender. I mean, even the last play with John Wall trying to draw the foul, he just kind of stood his ground, you know? And then he knows how to, like, on the weak side when guys are, you know, trying to put up a shot, he'll, like, block them all of a sudden without being too emphatic about it. And, yeah, he's just able to do these very crafty, sneaky defensive plays and then really turn it around on the other end when he pushes it as well. And, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, this, I am so encouraged by this game, and there are so many crazy positive narratives going on not even just i mean julius randall's the biggest one but then brandon ingram really growing before our eyes uh, Lonzo Ball he looked against. amazing yeah so i mean in to be a little more organized let's just go down the line obviously yeah um mvp so you you pretty much said julius randall and i have to agree with you um you know i mean he he it seemed like tonight he just let all the fluff and all the mess and the noise not get to him. He could have come in, like Luke Walton said it, he could have come into the fourth quarter and said, I've only played six minutes, what the heck, 
I'm not, I'm not down for this. And instead yep. he pushed that aside and acted as if he's been playing, he, as if he had already played 25 minutes and he closed it out. And there he was at center being Draymond Green. You know, he yep. was rim protecting and then he was guarding guys on the perimeter. He stopped John Wall in his tracks to get that yep. block in overtime. You know, that he is did. ridiculous. Insane. And then the verticality on John Wall when he dro- drove it into the lane and then they forced, he forced the refs to watch the replay and then Lakers ball, you know, that was all Julius. And that was huge. This is pretty much all we've been saying from him. You know what I mean? Like mentally, he just has to get out of his own head. Yep. And, and when he does that, he can hone all that like crazy frenetic energy of his and hone it for good, you know, for, yeah. for productivity. And like you said, he still had the boneheaded plays, but you know what? Yeah. It didn't matter because he was playing so hard on the other end. It didn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and, and this is what we've been saying the whole time. It's, it's almost like Dwight Howard's entire career, except for this year, which I won't count because he's off to a very good start defensively. But <laughs> if he just took Kobe Bryant's advice to be, who he is, which is, you know, that famous quote of Kobe, I want you to come to LA and be my Tyson Chandler. If he had just done that, like, who knows what kind of player and like how he would be viewed, what his public perception would be right now in terms of NBA skill. Julius Randle, same thing. Just be yourself. You're a high energy, physical beast. Like, utilize those tools. His wingspan is not bad for his height and position. And combined with his strength and combined with, like, all the other things he can do, he should play like this all the time. And it's just, like, it's a matter of locking in, like you said, and, and executing. And, like you said, he put everything aside. He didn't come He didn't come in, like, pouty because he came off the bench. Even when he got pulled, he wasn't, like, kind of, he wasn't really pouty on the bench in the fourth quarter. Or, sorry, third quarter. And then when they brought him back in, didn't come back with, like, a, oh, I'm... Now you finally put me in kind of attitude. He just was playing hard. And I hope he's slowly, and I think he is. I I think he's slowly learning. That's all he has to do. And he will close games like he wants to. And he will, even if he doesn't start, ultimately end with the most minutes. Right. And even from the X's and O's standpoint, I feel like he's learning Oh yeah, pick and roll. This is an easy play. I just set a solid <laughs> screen and then I roll and I don't have to dribble the ball and things happen. And it's like, just yes, find dude. You. <laughs> I know Lonzo's going to find you and you can get into that Lonzo mode. You like to pass. You can do the hockey assist thing. Like just getting yeah. out of this whole, like, I need to be the star. I need to be the main guy. I think honestly, what we're going to get out of this team, it's going to be f- two or three different guys every night. You know, yeah. Luke Walton's has even said it. Yeah, Luke Walton says, until we get a superstar superstar, it's going to be different guys every night, you know? Yep. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It might frustrate no. people because I know Lakers fans have their allegiances to specific players, you know? Right. But given the fact that we don't have a superstar, Brandon Ingram is going to have a night where he goes for 20 and 10, 19 and 10 and 3 like he did tonight. And then he's going to have a game where he only has 12 points on 6 for 18 shooting and it's right. going to be you know, Lonzo Ball's night, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna shift. And then also be prepared for the minutes to shift as well. I know that can be frustrating for the players, but if they can just get it into their heads that it's not permanent, it's not cemented and that it's, it's a fluid situation. Honestly, if it, but honestly, if Julius plays like this every time, there's no way he's never, there's no way he's not consistently going to get at least 30 minutes. You know, he just needs to be that way. Um, Exactly. And uh, yeah, because I mean, he played, uh, the only reason why 
Julius Randle ever sits really is because defense anyways. And when he starts getting dribble happy with the ball and, and if he is playing like this, then if anything, it's going to be someone else that Luke takes out and brings Nance in for, you know, if we need that extra defensive effort. Right. So props to Julius. Great game. He grew so much. Everybody on that court at the end grew so much. And it's funny that you could say mentally, Julius, one of the older players on the court, probably grew the most, which grew is the most, so yeah. telling. Just okay, insane, I also man. Give, insane. I also give, insane. I also want to give co-MVP, though, to Brandon Ingram because, oh. honestly, like this was one of his t- top games for me, I think, in terms of control, oh, yeah, not yeah. forcing things. I mean, 19-10-3, again, and the other thing is contextualize it, right? He's had bigger offensive outputs before, more stats before, but he's going up against Kelly Oubre and mainly Otto Porter. Otto Porter yep. is known for his defense. He is just as long as Brandon Ingram, and he... He had that play on Otto Porter where he was at the three-point line and he started like, you know, doing hezzy shakes on him and took him right to the cup for the, you know, the finger roll. Yep. I was like, whoa, he just did that on Otto Porter. And then the the play where he got the, where he tied the game up, I was like, oh my God, what are you doing, dude? I was like, I don't think we should be going to Ingram on this play. I don't know if you remember, but they had, they had to take it out two different times. And, you know, the first time Ingram got it and then I think it went out of fouled. bounds and then, yeah, he got fouled. And then they gave it back to Ingram. And I was like, uh-oh, I don't know. Yeah, I got nervous and, too. And then Ingram, you know, it was, a, it was a horrendous an shot. ugly play. <laughs> but I think for Ingram, he was like, yo, I don't care. I don't give a, I'm long. I'm just going to throw this up. I think he knew he was going to throw up an ugly shot. And just try to tip it. Yeah, exactly. He immediately <laughs> was like ball seeking the second it left his hand. You could see his head. Yeah. And then, I mean, even before that, though, in spite of that ugly shot, he had that one dribble pull-up J in transition, like a clutch oh, yeah, J, and was I was huge. like, oh my gosh, what is, who is this guy? Yeah, and these are just <laughs> the was... plays, it's like growing plays, you know what I mean? Like, this is a guy who we think is going to be a cornerstone of our franchise moving forward, and it is very, very encouraging to see him make or miss, really. I mean, it's great that he made it, because now you just start to build that confidence and build some... Yeah, mainly confidence and um, confirmation that, like, okay, what I did this past summer, I guess, worked. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, like, give some validation so that you continue working that hard. But, yeah, he, uh, you want to see a 20-year-old who you think is going to be one of your franchise cornerstone players make those kinds of plays and want to make those kinds of plays down the stretch. Um, Wasn't scared and just rose to the occasion and stepped up among our young core and, and got it done. Outside of his length, he showed off a lot of strength as well. There was that really one play did. against Otto Porter as well, where he did his little Euro step, you know, cuffed the ball for the and one lay-in or whatever. And yep. I mean, there was a lot of contact there, but he was still able to like muscle it through. And for Ingram, that's that's huge, you know? Yep. Otto Porter is not a, a chump. And no, he's not. Yeah, I was just very impressed what, with the way that Ingram played. He had some sloppy plays in the first half and then again in the second half, but I'm going to forgive him for that because the rest of the night offensively, he did not force anything. And even in overtime, you'd expect him to just take all the shots after he hit that game-tying shot. And um, he didn't end up doing that. He just stayed within the flow of the offense, checked to see what w- what was working for us. And what was working was Lonzo with the ball, pitching it out to guys, to shooters, right? Whether it was Kyle Kuzma or KCP, allowing Luke Walton to draw plays like that inbounds play for KCP. It wasn't an inbounds play, but I'm pretty sure they drew it up on the offensive end. And that's exactly what they did for that KCP baseline three in overtime that put us up by one, I think. So that was huge. Um, Huge play, yeah. I mean, there were some tremendous plays all the way around. Kyle Kuzma, he had 
Kyle Kuzma today had 15 points, three rebounds, six for 15, only one for six from three. But yep. the best part about Kuzma's game tonight is he kept shooting and he, he hit the shooting. biggest one that mattered. Yeah, the one that mattered the most he hit. In overtime to put us up by two. And for me, Kyle Kuzma just continues to show me how poised and mature a player he is because every time I feel like he's about to wilt under the pressure, yeah. when he was missing those wide open threes, I was like, ah, oh, this is it, man. This is, this is, this done. is the game. Yeah. This, it doesn't, the it doesn't matter. <laughs> nope. He still plays tough defense, moves his feet laterally, you know, switches right. And then still has the balls to take clutch threes and drain them. You know, yeah. I mean, this guy's just so good. And he's then he's so like good. a per, he knows how to get into the right seams for guys to pass it to him. And then he just finishes it so easily. These mm-hmm. soft touches, like he has a, like a myriad of moves in the paint, apparently. And he's just so skilled and so crafty. And I'm still <laughs> waiting for the bad Kyle Kuzma game, man. It's, and this it's is, crazy. And this is another area well, where I'll just give Luke some like major props because yeah. I, in so many franchises with so many coaches, and not, and not to say that this is in any way a defensible move, but all I'm saying is it would be so easy, despite Kyle Kuzma's summer league performance, despite his preseason performance, to go down your line and be like, okay, well, look, we have Randall, who's been on the team for a long time, who's going to get, who's going to, who's earned his minutes. We have Nance, who's been on the team for many years, who's earned his minutes. Even we have Luol Deng, who's a veteran in this league and has earned his, his playing time and, <laughs> He's getting paid, so he's earned his minutes. And and uh, and Luke rewarded the guy. Like he put his money where his mouth is, which I feel like has to be the theme of this, you know, summer league yes. to where we are now. We've said it so many times uh, on the show, but put your money where your mouth is. And Luke did that for Kyle Kuzma. Um, it, Kyle Kuzma has performed every step of the way, and Luke is rewarding him. So props to him. He's earned it. He, like you said, he's shown that. He's not going to back down and he's he's not going to get nervous. He's not going to like get, get his confidence low just because he's not hitting shots. Like Kyle Kuzma was shooting 60% from the field coming into this game and like taking a fair number of shots, mind you. It's not like he's taking all dunks and he's only taking three shots a game. He's taking a good amount of shots shooting. 60, so that's not going to, he's not going to shoot 60% for the season. But what you like to see is like you said, six for 15, only one for six threes. But he hit the one that mattered most because he wasn't afraid to keep shooting it. So, huge game for him. Yeah, so, yeah, props to Luke, props to Kyle Kuzma for sticking with it. There was a period of time there where people were like, why why don't you just put Nance in at this point for Kuzma? And in in any other year, that probably would have been the case, but... Luke stuck with his guy and his guy paid off for him, you know? Yeah. Um, and he, honestly, even if he hadn't hit that shot, who cares? Like, this is valuable experience for him to be playing with Lonzo and Ingram. And I, well, like and, I tweeted, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered if we had lost this game. You know? Like, it's exactly. It's an objectively, in my opinion, that is like an objectively good decision to make. You know what I mean? It's because mm-hmm. Larry Nance gives you fundamentally sound play. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's going to compete defensively and yada yada all this and that the problem is kyle kuzma's defense is not you know i don't know what the right way how this might not make sense but his defense is not worse enough than nance compared to like how good his offense is over nance you know what i mean like the discrepancy that came out all bad but you get the idea like discrepancy between those two things it it doesn't add up kuzma's offensive abilities over nance well, well outweigh 
his defensive deficiencies, even if there are any, you know, and part of this is me just giving Nance like the veteran bump a little bit, but I think Kuzma is an extremely, extremely solid defender. Um, so I, I think that was a perfectly, perfectly reasonable decision to make. And, you know, you need the scoring. Kyle Kuzma can hit those spot up shots. He can create his own shot, which is like a huge key. And, and he just does everything. So, so yeah, props to Luke and, and props to Luke for letting him break solidly into this rotation. Yeah, so let's shift really quickly to Larry Nance Jr. He had 18 points, 10 rebounds, 2 steals, and only 24 minutes, 8 for 10 from the field. Most of that came in the first half when he was having like a pick-and-roll show with Lonzo. He's the one one who really sets those those crazy, crazy, non-moving, solid screens. And then when he rolls, all of a sudden, I mean, Lonzo just gives it to him right where he needs it. And then Larry Nance just becomes like a great finisher off of these Lonzo pick and roll passes, you know, whether it's like laying it in or, you know, jamming it down people's throats. He had that crazy, that was a crazy jam on, I forgot who it was in the first, first quarter or whatever, but that, that kind of woke up, woke the building up. And then he also even hit a mid range jump shot, you know, so I thought Larry Nance played very well. And Mm -hmm. I just want to make the point this, like tonight's game kind of emphasizes it for me. The last game against New Orleans as well, um, where, I, I don't know why people are so up in arms about Julius Randle starting because mm-hmm. for me, I think that Larry Nance, if you can get Larry Nance 18 and 10 in 24 minutes yeah, by, by starting him, then you just do that, you know, because I don't trust Larry Nance to be that productive if he's coming off the bench, you know what I mean? And it seems like he's fell into a groove with Lonzo Ball and even with Brooke Lopez, actually, that you're actually extracting value from Larry Nance like that's a sure thing and mm-hmm. then now you're seeing Julius Randle if there was any guy you know Julius Randle you should be able to theoretically put him anywhere on the bench starting and he should still be able to do what he does you know because he's so mm-hmm. talented and he's so skilled Larry Nance does not have all that talent you kind of need the right pieces around him to extract Absolutely, any sort yeah. of value from him and right now it's happening in the starting lineup and in the first quarter it worked you know they were up 23-18 so for me I'm not as concerned about who starts. And my only concern this this game was the fact that Luke didn't juggle or balance the minutes correctly for Julius Randle. I think he will moving forward, obviously, right? But yep. it should still stay the same. Like, start Larry Nance for the first five minutes and then bring Julius Randle in and give him more balanced minutes. But right yep. now, you're getting value out of Nance, and he's helping the starting unit up by cleaning up Brooke Lopez's slow-ass shots and lots yep. of ball shots. And then also just being a great pick-and-roll partner for um, Lonzo Ball. So I thought Larry Nance played great. And if he can stay in 24 minutes and get a near double-double and be active and play defense the way he has been and all he does is pick and roll, amazing. You know, we just need Julius Randle to stay mentally in check and then for for Luke Walton to reward him for that by giving him more balanced rotation minutes so that he doesn't always have to second-guess himself or figure out whether he's going to play tonight or not, you know? so But I think after tonight's effort, I would honestly be very surprised if... Julius Randle's minutes continue to get, you know, tugged, tugged around. So we'll see. Um, I also want to bring up KCP because 14 points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals, three for eight from three. He obviously had that big baseline three, but there was this one play against John Wall. I think it was the, the Wizards trying to go up by two or something in the fourth quarter where KCP just absolutely stopped John Wall in his tracks and forced him to take an air ball fadeaway jump shot on the baseline. And I was so excited for that play because that's what we've been waiting for, right? And yep. 
KCP has just brought that at 24, 25 years old is bringing that veteran leadership. And like we've been talking about, put your money where your mouth is. And he's, he's doing exactly what we paid him to do. Yep. And then on top of it, actually showing some pretty impressive handles here and there, you know, the assists yeah. and the playmaking is surprising as well. And I mean, outside of like him possibly making more of his open threes, I don't really have that many complaints with KCP. And he just seems to be that calming force for our young group. And um, yeah, so props to KCP. Yeah, where do you want to go? I mean, I, I, I'm... Well, just to add on your KCP thing, I think, I think, yeah, like you said, stabilizing force... This is what we paid him to do, and he's not going to hit his shots every game, but he hit three for eight from three, and he shot five for 13 overall, and he had some, like, really, really serious gimmies right at the rim but <laughs> that yeah. he probably should have hit. But, like, look, this guy said, actually, in um, in the media day, that the thing he worked on the most during the offseason was his ball handling, and I think you were really seeing that uh, pay dividends for him because his ball handling is kind of like opening up his playmaking quite a bit. He had five assists in this game. He had he did have three turnovers because he's not like a point guard, like not even remotely yeah. close to a point guard. But I, I think that's given him a lot more confidence to do things off the dribble, and and that translates to other facets of your game. So. Yeah, competing defensively, hitting three for eight threes, that's still like, you know, 37.5% or whatever. So that's a solid percentage from three. And, and uh, yeah, three-point shooting and defense is what we signed him for. And he's delivering in other areas as well, which which helps a lot. Yep. So let's close with Lonzo Ball. We've kind of already mentioned it before. He was still able to be productive. His defense was great. He had six points, eight rebounds. And check out this assist to turnover ratio. Yeah. Assist to turnover ratio of 10 because he had 10 assists and one turnover, <laughs> which is, which is crazy. And I mean, his, his defensive stats actually don't tell the story. I would have imagined he had more than just one steal and one block because he was so active. He must but... have had at least three blocks. It felt like. Yeah. And so. You know, I'm even though there were a couple of times where I was annoyed by him settling settling for threes, and you know there was one play in particular where Jason Smith switched onto him, and I was like, "Yo, take him!" And yeah. he just shot the three. But I think as the game went on, especially in overtime, he just started doing that thing where he rams the ball down de- defense's throats and yeah. he like dribbles into the paint. Like he always needs to do that, and I think he even got like a flip shot like in the fourth quarter doing that as well, yeah, driving it aggressively. I, I I don't have a, I, I I'm not worried about him coming around on that end. And like you said, like some of his threes were just, you know, in and out threes. So those were actually good shots. I think he just needs to still, he's learning to find that balance of learning how to be aggressive in the right way. And also, you know, not settling for threes as much. Like, cause when he, when he has that burst of speed going on or that steam and um, he's pushing the ball, he's like a totally different player because then you have to play him for the shot. Cause he's going so fast. And then he'll, that's when the, the offense opens up and he can pitch it out to those wide open shooters and then taking the shot for himself in the paint as well is important. And I, and I think it's going to be a, a learning process here and there, but it's, it's encouraging to see that even with his shot, not there two for 11, Oh, for five from three, still yep. a very productive player finds ways to contribute, gets rebounds like crazy, still pushes the ball um, and doesn't go insane and out of control because he only had one turnover. So anything yeah. else to add? Yeah, I think it's it's that 10 to 1 assist to turnover ratio is insane because our offense 
literally, I mean, like 75% of our offense at this stage, maybe 25% we run some sets, uh, the limited sets that we know, but 75% it feels like is basically Lonzo going in transition or semi-transition. And the fact that he's handling the ball at that speed and is being so heavily leaned on to create offense for the team a lot of the time, especially in the fourth quarter and overtime of this game just now. Um, and he only turned it over one time. And then you factor in also the, that uh, Lonzo's handles are not amazing right now. I, I wouldn't say he's a bad ball handler by any means, but you know we've seen guys improve dramatically. D'Angelo Russell came into the NBA, in my opinion, with worse handles than Lonzo has now, or at least more loose handles. He had more moves, but maybe more loose handles. And if you watch D'Angelo Russell now, it's like night and day. This dude is like, he looks like a veteran. He's pulling all kinds of crazy stuff. Steph Curry, similar idea. And I guess my point yeah. with this is that handles can be improved. Um, that's one thing that's been shown time and time again that, that that can be worked on and that can be refined and improved over time. So if he's doing all of this without super refined handles, like pretty much 19-year-old handles at this point, like, and he's only turning the ball over once a game, it's just insane. And, and yeah, it's like you said, I think the one thing I'd like to see him improve on is just getting to the rim and uh, making better decisions once he gets into the paint. Um, and go up strong, you know? Like, sometimes he's so weak with it. It's like, oh, you, you, it's almost like he expects to be blocked and he just gives it's up. It's funny because it's funny because he's like his number one highlight play of like every Lonzo Ball college highlight reel is that play where he gets like an alley oop in transition and he, uh, and he just like hammers it down over a defender, right? Yeah. Like, that's like. You know what I'm talking about? At UCLA, yep. he gets like an alley. He's like and then pretty he much on like, top of the guy. He's like on top of the guy's shoulders. <laughs> yeah, he kind of like stares the guy down and like flexes a little bit. Or And then he got, I think he got called for like taunting or something. But <laughs> that's like his most famous college highlight reel play. And the dude lo does look like when he goes up, he's like, I don't want to say, yeah, maybe soft is the right word. Like he doesn't look confident going up by any means. And I think that's just something he's got to like, really like pound into his brain like go up strong yes i understand he only weighs 190 pounds you know and all this and that but he is much more athletic and explosive uh, um off the dribble than he's shown i think and you see his athleticism on some of these rebounds man and let me tell you like so we yeah. were on the side of the court that was the lakers uh were playing defense for the fourth quarter and overtime and uh, Lonzo had some rebounds, like, I don't want to say game-saving rebounds, like, I don't want to be that dramatic, but rebounds that if he did not individually sky to grab this rebound over Washington defenders, we would have lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was just, in like, completely, like, he was not in position, Washington had boxed everybody out, and all of a sudden, Lonzo Ball comes out of nowhere, his head is, like, at the rim, and he grabs the rebound. And if he can do that, then he can go into the paint with a little bit more burst. And and, and again, that's just something that's going to come with time. Uh, I think teams are kind of giving him the lane because he kind of goes up with these like soft flip shots that were working yeah. in the summer league. 
but they don't work in the NBA because the NBA guys are so good at giving you that lane and then reacting at the last possible second to swat it away. Um, mm. And that last second swat type of thing has pretty much happened to him in every single game we've played so far. So over time, he'll start to understand that. And once he gets his layups and stuff going, then his outside shot comes. I mean, that's kind of what happened against Phoenix. He started hitting a few layups and then the outside shot started going as well. So I'm not worried about his shot at all. I'm not worried about, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not even going to get into his form. I think his form is totally fine, whatever. The ball goes in when it needs to go in. And he is having typical, I think, rookie growing pain struggles when it comes to shooting. You know, I know there's a lot of floating out about this right now. So I'm not going to use this as as like a one for one example, but Markel Fultz is like also shooting like 20% right now to start. And yeah, there are other issues there, but my point is rookies always start shooting poorly and, and Lonzo, maybe that's a little bit more extreme than we expected from him. But I think by the end of the season, right where we kind of expected, you know, 40% overall, maybe 29, 30% from three when it's all said and done is, would be totally normal for a 19 year old and does not mean he's going to be a poor shooter moving forward. So everything else though, amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's just so fun to watch this guy play and everybody is rooting so hard for him to do well. Like when yeah. he gets announced even in the in the star uh, starting lineup announcements like everybody get like you know every starter gets like a good amount of cheers and Lonzo it's like Kobe Bryant being announced. You know what I mean? It's insane. So the entire city's rooting for him and and he's really delivering so far. So uh so yeah, amazing amazing job. Yeah, I mean, so many people are also rooting for him to fail outside of L.A. And exactly. it must be frustrating for them to see him. And from the outside, if you're not actually watching the games, you look at this line and you're like, oh, the scorekeeper must have given him five free assists or whatever. But honestly, the fact that you can trot out a guy for 40 minutes and he shoots this poorly and he's like a net positive for your team, especially yeah. in the crunch time, and you just need that floor general, it cannot be understated to have the kid this young be such a great floor general in the clutch right now, you know? Uh, is he going to have bad games in the clutch? Yes, but just the fact that he did this against John Wall and there was so much hype leading up to this game, and, you know, he could have gone one of two ways about this. Instead of two for 11, maybe he jacks up a lot more ill-conceived shots because of that John Wall pressure, Martian Gortat locker room, or, you know, bulletin board material pressure, but he still played his game, you know what I mean? His shot wasn't working, so he did other things to be productive, and the biggest thing to me is, again, you know, one turnover in a in a game that we needed every possession, right? He mm-hmm. protected the ball, he did the right things, and is it going to be flashy sometimes? No. Is it going to come off as superstar, you know, potential sometimes? No. But the guy was exactly what you needed for everybody else to thrive around him, right? And I think that's always been the case with Lonzo Ball. And tonight you saw you saw the effect on every... I don't want to say Lonzo effect because that's becoming its own joke. But I will say the team is gelling together and they're, fo- they're fighting for each other. They're rooting for one another. And, and the less they can think about their own minutes and who's, who's done this this night and who's done that the next night, I think the better off it's going to be, you know, because everybody contributed in a meaningful way. And when guys started to falter, other guys stepped up in their place. Like, like we said, Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson, you know, handled the torch in the first half. They did what needed to be done until Julius Randle woke up, until Kyle Kuzma woke up. And all together, everybody can look themselves in the eyes and be like, hey, man, we all contributed to this really good win against a really good team in the east you know so i'm really proud of this team this is like 
forget the Phoenix game. I said, you know, put that up on a poster and bottle it up. They should put this up on a poster. Bottle this game up. Remember this feeling, especially in the clutch. And uh, hopefully we see that, you know, that summer league turnaround, like you said, where they just take this momentum and they they run off into the sunset and become a near 500 team. (laughs) We'll see. Either way, if they just play and compete this way, that's all we're asking for. you Because this was fun basketball to watch at the end there. Um, yeah, that's it. We're lit. I mean, it's good. I I don't even know who we're playing on Friday. Do you remember the Raptors? The Raptors. Okay, in Staples, right? In Staples as well. I think we have a shot. You know, I think we have a, <laughs> a, a better. So this is why I think we have a shot because with these teams that aren't necessarily like three point shooting dynamos, it seems like we have a good defensive plan for those teams. You know, it's just like stick with these guys and. Well, I thought the weird thing tonight was, I don't know if you've been following the Wizards. I know, yeah, they're 3-0 or whatever, like it's early in the season. They are playing like kind of a different brand of basketball this year. And maybe this is like what they ended the season with last year when they got, kind of got hot after their extremely slow start um, last year. But and, and again, maybe also part of it is that Markeith Morris is out, but with uh, Wall, Beal, um, Oubre, Porter, and Gortat starting, this team has been like running gunning, dude. They played at Denver on Monday night and they dropped like 119 on Denver and Denver's got a lot of veterans and you know they have a veteran coach who emphasizes defense and and uh and and I th- and I I was just like honestly I before when I was walking into the stadium I was like god I hope the Dodgers win because we are going to get lit up tonight. And I thought yeah. it was like, it wasn't going to be close and they were going to run us out of the gym, but our guys really competed defensively. And like you said, I mean, there are games where Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are just kind of off. And if yep. Friday night is one of those games, we could, we could sneak out another win. I'm just, I'm really glad they walked away. Not that like, I care about the win loss total. Cause like, we've mentioned many, we're not going to be a playoff team. Um, it's obviously nice, nice to get the win to like, like we said, just confirm everything you're doing is working and let these guys know, like, see, if you do this, it will lead to wins. Um, yep. and, and, and make sure they don't give up. But, uh, our schedule is not easy, dude. Like what we play, uh, home against Toronto on Friday. And then I think a back to back Saturday at Utah. Um, and then our schedule does not really let up after that. I'm not, I don't have the whole thing in front of me right now, so I could be off about this. But so we have, so, we have a very tough schedule for the next several games. And I thought that after losing the last game, I was like, Oh shoot. Okay. We're just going to lose like five in a row now. Um, so props to them for pulling this out. And yeah, like you said, we, if we can, it's still early in the season and teams are working out the kinks. So I don't know if the Raptors play tomorrow. Maybe we'll get them like a little tired too, but. Or no, actually, they play tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll get a rested Raptors team, but uh, uh, hopefully we're able to um, to uh, show up and, and give them a fight like we did tonight. And if we lose, we lose, but just, just play hard like you did tonight. Yep, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun basket- Lakers basketball, especially after the Dodgers unfortunately lost. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Twitter because you're so lit at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. The more you rate and review us, that's how many more times the Lakers will be wearing these sexy-ass blue Minneapolis jerseys. How nice were those, by the way? Those were so really nice. nice. Dude, the second they took off the warm-ups, I was like, holy crap. They, I feel like Oh, I guess because it's Nike now, so they're different than they used to be. Yeah. But 
they looked really clean and and mm-hmm. I, I really like those jerseys. I, I think I saw somewhere they're going to wear them five times this year, um, which I think is a healthy amount for an alternate jersey. I kind of wish they would wear them a little bit more though because they they look really really nice. Uh, jersey I most commonly opt for in NBA 2K. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> please rate and review us so we get more of that jersey because uh, once again, it coincides with one of our best season, best wins for the young core. So yeah, please rate and review us. And also patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. You're so lit right now. You're just going to throw money at us. So do that. <laughs> All right. With that said, we will catch you guys later. And uh Tommy, are you still there? Man, Tommy's so lit. This night is so lit that Tommy dropped out. I think he was already on like... 10% battery when we when we hopped on this call so we're just are you still there yeah <laughs> you kind of dropped off, <laughs> was it like, dropped that, off would have been fun, that would have been funny I was like I think he's dead so I mean let's just let's just close it out that way so uh Tommy I'll catch you later what's what's your percentage by the way um 11 oh okay not bad all right well we did it our typical Lakers legacy drive-through recording and Tommy thanks for being our live correspondent today at the Staples Center yeah dude it was lit It was lit. All right. I'll catch you later. Later. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.